0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. It has been three weeks now since all of those Boeing 737 MAX 8 and 9 planes have been grounded. And remember, those were grounded because of the crash of the Ethiopian Airlines flight on March 10th that killed all 157 people on board, including 18 Canadians. Well, now weeks later, we're starting to get some of the information about what might have caused that crash. The flight data and cockpit voice recorders show that the pilots of that flight initially followed all of Boeing's recommended procedures when the plane started to nosedive, but they still couldn't save it. Now, there's a lot of detail in this new report that has been released, so we're going to get some analysis of that now with the help of our next guest, who's Larry Vance, aviation analyst and former investigator with the Transportation Safety Board of Canada. Larry, thank you for being
1: with us. It's my pleasure, Simi. Thanks.
0: So, have you had a chance to take a look at this report, and what were your thoughts?
1: Well, you know what? I've been doing uh, uh, some reading in it, and, yeah, there's a lot of information in it. It certainly... Uh, shows that the accident that happened with Lion Air a few months ago and this accident are uh, are connected in the, in the sense that they're both connected to this MCAS system, the, the system that automatically dips the nose down in case the airplane starts to stall. And they both definitely had bad inputs into the computer that runs that system, saying that the airplane was about to stall when in fact it wasn't. So... The system started shoving the nose down, and eventually the pilots lost control. Those that's similar between those two accidents, which. Uh which tells us, of course, that that the fixes that they put in place after the or tried to put in place after the first accident didn't work to prevent the second one.
0: Right. I find that that is the thing that really intrigues me about this particular case is because when the accident initially happened, I think consumers and flyers were the people who said, I don't like this. This sounds too similar. And yet you had a lot of experts saying, oh, no, no, it's not similar. Everything is going to be fine. And now we find out, well, yeah, as you said, there are similarities between the
1: two. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, I think that, that, that the similarities uh, were, were quite evident quite early on, and that's why they grounded all the airplanes. Uh, I think that we had to wait to see, and I think we still have to wait to see exactly uh, whether, to see whether the, the similarities are exactly the same. It, it could be that there are two, two different modes of failure producing the same result in right. this MCAS system. Um certainly, the, it's very disappointing, very disappointing and actually surprising that after the first accident, that they didn't take steps to make absolutely certain that the pilots knew exactly what to do in all potential circumstances that could lead to a, a runaway of that, uh, of that MCAS system.
0: Yeah, what do you think happened then? Did Boeing not take that Lion Air crash seriously enough?
1: Well, I think they took it seriously enough, but I, I don't know. I, don't, I think we'll have to wait. I, I have to reserve judgment. I, I'm, I spent a whole career uh, trying not to knee-jerk these things. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think that, that we have to make sure that we don't make, uh, you know, accusations and, and assumptions and so on until all the, all the information comes out. Uh, it, it is shocking that two accidents like this could be so similar and they could happen within months of each other, and yeah. the steps that they would take after the first accident appear to be not sufficient to not uh, to, that it led to a second accident.
0: And Now you mentioned uh, how both of them were kind of linked to this MCAS system. Now, what is that system? Can you explain that to us?
1: Yeah, I can explain that. The MCAS system is when they when they redesigned the Boeing 737 for the Max Eight version. They put new engines on, and they did other small modifications to the airplane to accommodate. Uh, It ended up being aerodynamically a little bit different. They wanted to keep the airplane, the Model 737, so that they could upgrade the pilots from the older models to this new model, and the airplanes would feel and have all the same feel to them as the old airplanes. They, they wouldn't have had that without this MCAS system being installed. They had, their, their aerodynamically, the airplane was more, this new airplane was more susceptible to stalling at high angles of attack, and they wanted to put a system in that just tweaked it a little bit. If, if, the, if the system sensed that the airplane was about to stall, the airplane would automatically dip the nose down a little bit right. to keep that from happening, and the pilots wouldn't even know about it, so they never had... In theory, they never had to be, in their theory, they never had to be trained on it because, you know, they, you'd never get to the point where you'd ever have to use it very often. So so that, that was the impetus behind it. So they wouldn't have to train the pilots on it. It wouldn't cost more and all the rest of it. So the, the problem that they have are having with it is if there's improper inputs, as in, in particular angle of attack sensors that, that, that go faulty and start telling the airplane system, tell the computer that it's about to stall, the, it starts to dip the nose down even even if you're in level flight or if you're in descent. And that aims you at the ground, of course. And and uh, the other problem they have with it is that it keeps doing that over and over. Uh, now, supposedly, the pilots are, are able to, to turn that system off. Right. The pilots in the first crash, the Lion Air crash, didn't even know that that system was there, so and, they, and, and so they, they, didn't, they weren't taught how to turn it off. They, they didn't know what was going wrong. In the second accident, they were supposed to have been trained to say, hey, if this starts to happen, you turn that system off and you leave it off and you hand fly the airplane until you get it safely back on the ground. Now, we still have to find out whether that's exactly what these pilots did. Uh, you know, they, Maybe they weren't dealing with exactly the same thing. Here's where we are. We're at a point where we don't know. We don't know exactly what was happening. We don't know exactly what the pilots were interpreting. We don't know exactly what they thought they should do. Obviously, they were doing you know, what they thought was best. Yeah. I mean They wouldn't do anything other than that, and and yet the, their training and their knowledge about what was happening to the airplane was not sufficient. And that's the that's the part that's really really puzzling is is that that you know this one accident, the first accident could happen. And, and for whatever reason, everybody wasn't trained up to the yeah. point where this can't happen again.
0: So, Larry, then, what do you think has to happen before these planes get back in the air and start getting used again?
1: Yeah, they have to make sure that the MCAS system is what they wanted it to be from the beginning, which is something that's going to save the airplane in critical situations and not something that is capable of going faulty on them and putting the airplane in danger, They have to make sure that they get more than one sensor. They have to make sure that that a single failure can't put that system, can't activate that system at the wrong times. Then they have to say to the pilots here's how the system works. Here's how to turn it off. You have to make sure that if the pilots want to turn it off, it turns off and stays off, that it can't come back on on its own. Uh, and then they have to train the pilots in the simulators and they have to have to make sure that they have muscle memory they have to make sure that they know where all this stuff is automatically without having to think about it a lot of things that they should have done before either of these accidents ever happened uh, now they have to make sure they do that once they do that once they do that uh, uh, this this airplane will turn out to be uh, very safe and it'll have a long and illustrious career as a as an airplane. I'm pretty convinced of that. Do you think
0: people will forget? Do you think, like, eventually people will get over this?
1: Oh, yeah. I think they will. I mean, you can go back in history and see other airplanes that went through these kind of teething pains. In 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 era, in, in the olden times, when things weren't quite so sophisticated with airplanes, I mean, we had the same thing. Another Boeing airplane, the 727, went through a growing pains and there were some accidents and people were killed and so on. Once they, once they get that all straightened out and make sure that the pilots knew exactly what the airplane was doing differently from other airplanes then that airplane went on to have a long, long, safe uh, flying career. This one will do the same. Eventually it will. Uh, it'll take some some weeks or months here before, before they get it all straightened out. But once they do you have to be pretty convinced that this time they're not going to make any more mistakes. They'll be 100% certain that they have have the airplanes and the pilots all ready to go.
0: All right. Well, Larry, thanks so much for this today.
1: Yeah, it's nice talking to you. Thanks.
0: Appreciate that. That's Larry Vance, an aviation analyst and former investigator with the Transportation Safety Board of Canada,